Well, good morning, everybody, on the 18th of April, 2023. My name's Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and I live in Maine, as you all know, but uh, we're going to head down, way down south today, to Port Arthur, Texas, near Beaumont. I think there were snowballs throw, if I can put it in Maine terms, from Louisiana. So we're going to meet, we're going to meet a wonderful lady named Latonya C. Bernard, and Latonya is the curriculum supervisor, and I'm not sure if she's for the whole district or just for her science, down at Port Arthur ISD. And I've got to thank my friends at Discovery for setting me up with Latonya. We're going to talk about all the wonderful things they're doing down there, okay, in science education and really making science and edu- engaging for everybody. And I know this is a move in Texas schools, okay? And I'll just say that Discovery has some cool things for Texas, literally, okay? So it's cool stuff, and you can apply this to anywhere where we go. So it's going to be fun talking to Latonya, which I will in just a couple of seconds. We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org, home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education. Please go over there, check it out. Everything we do over there is free at ace-ed.org. We have our wonderful magazine called Equity and Access. We have all our podcasts there, plus some other great pieces of information for you, all about pre-K-12 education. It's all free, so please go check it out. Click on the cover of the magazine. Enjoy this brand new issue. It's good stuff over at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me get on my air magic airplane and fly down to Port Arthur. Good morning. Look on It's Larry here. Good morning. Very nice to meet you. I'm happy to be able to participate today. I am thrilled to have you here. So how's the weather down there? And usually humid, Port Arthur. What's going um, on? <laughs> it's actually, we're expecting rain, but hopefully it won't hail like it did on this weekend. So How bad was know. that? Wow. How bad was the hail? Wow. It was pretty bad. For about maybe 45 minutes, we had up to golf ball size hail on oh um, Saturday. Oh. It, it, so we went, we literally went from 80 degrees to about 45 in 24 hours. Oh my lord! Was there any damage to your house or anything? Or um, no, I oh. have not at my house. I didn't have any damage. I videotaped it though. <laughs> oh, and you know they always talk about golf ball sized hail. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's rare, that, especially up here, that we ever see anything like that. I'm sorry that happened. I hope yeah. nobody got hurt, for goodness sakes. Jeez, uh, that's well, terrible. No one at my house got hurt. We were all inside with, with cell phones videotaping. Because, you know, if we see any ice, it's going to be in the form of hail. We don't get snow <laughs> about once every eight years. So. <laughs> well, if you miss snow, I invite you up here to Maine, Latonia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, literal, literally, we had nice weather this past weekend, and literally the last bits of snow just just disappeared two days ago off my lawn. Literally oh, two wow. days ago. So there you go. All the difference in the world. It's good stuff. Completely. Uh, how long have you been? How long have you been down in Port Arthur as an educator? Well, I actually grew up in Beaumont. And so um, I started my career in Port Arthur, but I've only been back here in this capacity for the past four years. Um, I had been in Houston, yeah. You were teaching Houston ISD? No, I was in Aldine ISD as the um, middle school science um, program director. Sure. You are a So you are a science teacher, and I want to get this straight. I called you the curriculum supervisor. Are you the science curriculum supervisor, or are you the generic curriculum supervisor for the district? No, I am the elementary science supervisor, so I'm responsible for all of elementary science. 
Wow. How many or now tell me how many elementary schools they are. Describe the district so everybody knows what we're talking okay. about. And again, uh, you're a snowball's throw away from Louisiana. <laughs> All you gotta do is That's throw right. it across the channel. Go ahead, yes. talk. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, Port Arthur ISD is a small to medium-sized school district in southeast Texas. Like you said, it's about maybe 30 minutes from Louisiana. Um, yeah. We serve approximately 8,000 students, with 65% of those students being economically disadvantaged. Mm. Um, um, I would say our district, because we serve a um, area that is rich with petrochemical. The petrochemical right. industry is very right. large here, so science and education is very important here. It sure is. It, mm-hmm. it sure is. And the, the, what are the demographics of the district? I know you said economically it's about 65%. Yes. It, would that be the rate um, of free and reduced lunch with 65%? Yes, 65, 65% yeah, would be the amount of free and redu- reduced lunch. Um, we're approximately 49% Hispanic or Latino, um, 42% mm-hmm. African American, about two percent Caucasian, and then the rest is a mixture of um, most, like Vietnamese, because we are on the coast, so we have a higher Vietnamese population here, and so that's pretty much the ballpark of the. What an, inter- what an interesting demographic! What an interesting school district! Sounds like my high school, to tell you the truth. When okay. I went to Philadelphia, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing, not that dissimilar yeah. a breakdown. I got to yeah. tell you, except, except mm-hmm. there weren't many Vietnamese back when I went to school, but otherwise, yeah, we, we it's, do it's, have. It's, it's, this yes, area yes. has has for quite some time had a large Vietnamese population because of the fishing industry. Exactly, um, and I re- I remember right. that, and 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 I remember that a lot of Vietnamese people after the war moved to Louisiana. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, also, we are about twenty seven percent emergent bilingual. That's the English as the second wow. language. And so that's a I mean more than twenty five percent of our kids are learning to speak English. So wow. that's a critical point there, too. Oh, I would say it is a critical point indeed. <laughs> and and, and how's, the, how's, the, how's the school district break down, the elementary schools, high schools, middle schools, that sort of thing? Okay. There's a total of, I think, 15 campuses. Um, there are eight elementary schools, and there's one pre-K school that starts from three years old. Um, we have um, high school um, we also have an early college high school, which is doing phenomenal things. Um, they're um, partnered with Lamar State College Port Arthur. Um, ninth grade has an individual campus, and we have two middle school campuses. Well, it's pretty nice, nice school district, i got to tell you. Okay, it's really good. And I love what you said about being near the petrochemical industry mm-hmm. and getting the kids interested in that. That's okay, right. And making, making them understand. And this is so important, and I hate to bring up something terrible that just happened. That young man that was shot a couple of days ago in Kansas City, I was reading about him this morning. Okay, and he's a young African-American kid. I hope he'll be fine when all's said and done, okay? And because he was not killed or anything. He was just shot. Oh, wow. He was just shot. Okay. okay. Hopefully he'll be yeah. okay. He's in the hospital, yeah. et cetera. But I, I, I read when they described him that he has a goal to be a chemical engineer. That's right. Okay, it's in Kansas City, and mm-hmm. I think that's great. Okay, that's right. and and I think what you're doing, and I think I'm just going to capitalize on this for a second. It is so important for the kids to understand where they live, okay, and that they have an opportunity to really do great things where they live if they study and work hard and see the mm-hmm. opportunity. And that's really what I know you're going to talk about this. You want to show yeah. them the opportunities. Talk about that. That's right. Right. Yeah. We do want to show them what is available in their local area. 
um, because we want to grow them and we want to grow the area. Um, in the case yes. of STEM with yes. science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, a lot of the careers that our children that we serve now, we don't know what, what careers are going to be there when they grow up because that, <laughs> sure. that area is constantly evolving. But what we do know is that they'll have to be able to compete globally. Yeah. Uh, they, we cannot just focus on a little bit. We need to focus on all of it and be able to develop their critical thinking skills within STEM yes. so that they can compete. Because like now, um, COVID proved it to us, is that we can do things from anywhere. And so you know, it's, it's, we, need to, go ahead, please. we need to make sure that they are prepared now so that in that time that they don't have to worry about somebody being in another country doing a job here in Texas. I think it's wonderful. By the way, you're a great role model. Are you African-American? I I believe you are. Okay, you're African-American, and you're a science curriculum director, and that is a fantastic role model on top of the fact that that you're you're female. Okay? True. You're you're, you're like the queen of role models here. Okay? Oh, thank you. you're, You're exactly... You're exactly the person we need in front of that classroom, okay? Mm-hmm. And I know you're in the curriculum su- supervising business right now, but you are the person that, that, that personifies what exactly we want these kids to do. And that is the challenge to make these people, and again, it's 65%, okay, economically hurting right now, okay, in Port Arthur. We've got to make these kids understand this is not going to be the way of their life. They've got great opportunity if they take the time and, if I may, hit the books. And, and how did you do that? I mean, I, congratulations to you. You're the role model. Well, what got you interested in science, young lady? Well, first thing is I want to say that I am often in the classroom because I, I believe in being there for my teachers and supporting them and modeling, and I'm there in the classroom quite often. Um, as a child, I always loved science. Um, I was the person who would get in trouble for um, collecting tree spiders and putting them in baby food jars and keeping them in the house. And so I've I've always been a science person at heart. Um, but fortunately, at the time, my dad worked at the refinery, and my parents were supportive of my interest in science. So wow. when I turned out to be a science teacher, it didn't surprise anybody. <laughs> Just to say it like that. We we need to we need to clone you. We got to get a clone machine and make more Latonia here. I mean that you're exactly right. you're exactly what we need out there. And and you know when I say that you know I'm, I'm so impressed by it. But it's really it's just so important that these kids have great role models like this and see mm-hmm. that they have the opportunity to do this. As you look at all this and just in general. How's science education going, and how's it going in Port Arthur? We're going to talk about it in detail. And how's it going? You know, you were in Houston or in Aldean, actually. Okay, mm-hmm. just talk about science education the way you see it these days. Um, well, for that, I would need to give a little bit of history, on, Go ahead. if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Well, I want to say that in the United States, um, science education has been constantly changing for about forty years. Um, actually. We started our race for science when Sputnik happened in 1957. Yeah. Okay, and I'm old enough to remember. I'm old <laughs> enough to remember. And I remember going to my corner, and we all looked up to the sky mm-hmm. to see it pass overhead. That's how old I mm-hmm. am, Latonya. Oh, wow. Okay, well, yeah. that's good. That's a remember benefit. that. That's a yeah. benefit. 
Um, and then that was the first time we had a big science explosion in education. And then in 1983, during when A Nation at Risk was published by the yeah. National Commission, then yeah. we had another big push for science education. Mm-hmm. Then about 10 years ago or 11 years ago, um, a framework for K-12 education was published by the National Academies Press. That's what um, generated the Next Generation Science Standards. That's where the most of the mm-hmm. nation adopted NGSS about 10 yep. years ago. Texas did not adopt NGSS. Um, tech, a lot of, some of our states, especially Texas, those states in the South, um, are going to keep control of education, and that's what happened here. So when most states adopted NGSS, Texas did not. We have what's called the Texas Essentials of Knowledge and Skills, or TECS. Mm-hmm. Um, what, mm-hmm. the, what we're doing now in Texas is actually basing our TECS on a framework of K-12 education. And so in 2024, a lot of the transition that most states made toward NGSS, we're going to adopt some of those same things from the K-12 for science. So that's where we are in science in Texas. So a lot of the three-dimensional science teaching where we're looking at cross-cutting concepts, um, science and engineering practices, and what Mm -hmm. you all call CCIs, we're going to do that now in Texas in 2024. And my district – That's terrific. Yeah, my district is always 100% aligned to the TEKS. Our text, the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. And so what what I've been doing is actually – practicing with my teachers, teaching them, and helping them to prepare for that push to those new standards in 2024. Um, we don't want to wait to the last minute. So that's where we are as far as education for science is. And how, and how do the kids – thank you for that history. I appreciate that. How do the kids – again, your elementary, which I think is incredibly important, you've got to build that mm-hmm. foundation. How do the kids react to learning science these days? What's the feel of it? Well, the the children, um, they're always eager to do science. In fact, they'll do science before they do some other things because, well, it's the shock and awe value of science, depending on how you teach it. Um, So the kids will come along with us. The kids will come along with us. In fact, I went to teach – I was teaching adaptations and um, about structure and function with a group of fifth-grade students, and I brought mealworms to the campus with me. And every time I go there now, the kids say, Miss Bernard, did you bring some worms for us today? I'm like, no, I, I am not the worm lady. I am not going to bring worms every time you see me. No. So, so the oh kids are God. really excited. You just brought up a science class memory from school, mealworms. Yeah. God, the Lord. Like, uh, yeah, they they were like, are you going to bring the – they're the worms that have legs. So. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. That's, that's, that, that is classic stuff. Well, you know, how do you – I'm going to ask this. How do you coordinate, okay, the younger kids, these elementary school kids, and I know that's what you're responsible for. They're, they're – mm-hmm. they're, What's the word I want to say? I say it's kind of this way, and you can figure. They're they're a lot more fun because they're just learning all this stuff, and they get excited about stuff. They're little kids, okay? Like you said, they love the mealworms, okay? That kind of thing. They're excited. They they want to learn. They're like sponges, okay? And then, like all of us do, we get to junior high or middle school and high school, 
okay? And it's kind of, you know, we get more interested in boys or girls than we do with mealworms, all right? And, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a science coordinator with such a deep interest in science, how do we keep the kids, and, and mm-hmm. you're right, you know, with STEM and all that sort of stuff, we've got to keep the kids interested, okay, right. and engaged. How do we keep them engaged K-12? How do you work with your secondary school coordinator How's it all come together like that to keep keep the interest alive? And I hope we're doing that because yes. we said we got to keep them engaged. We got to we got to make mm-hmm. mealworms for everybody. K twelve that keeps them happy. That's right. Well, first thing <laughs> let me say is that I I actually taught middle school science. I actually when I was a teacher, um, my last six years in the classroom were actually middle school. And so the thing with the, those students is knowing where their interests are and have yeah. that high-impact interest, and also being able to build their literacy with that interest. So what we do is we actually have to look at the things that our kids are interested in. And fortunately, with the students that we have now, our kids were, um, they're very technical. They are, they're technology yeah. literate. Yeah. They use their technology yeah. for social skills, and high school, middle school students are highly social. So if we can integrate our science content in a way that focuses on or mimics those things, then we could keep them interested. Um, And so that's the way that I like to go about it. So um, I've always been a kind of techie person. And so (laughs) being able to use something that allows the students to engage technologically often helps to keep them interested and grounded in the content. Yeah, we we have to, and you know, where's the sweet spot, if I may, in elementary school for for what do you see? Let me ask it a different way. How are the teachers teaching? We're going to get into what Discovery has here because you you, you helped me figure all this mm-hmm. out. How are the teachers teaching science? And and this is hard to do for an elementary school teacher, and you know this as well as I do. Elementary school te- elementary school teachers they love teaching reading. And that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they kind of go into it for that. But they're stuck teaching everything else. Okay? Right. Okay? And well, most of them, just, like me, an ex-history teacher, stunk in math, and we were okay in science, but not great. Okay? Okay. And, but yet, uh, by the way, I loved science. Okay? Just wasn't okay. that great when it got down to the math of it, you know, and all that sort of stuff. My point is, mm-hmm. how do we keep – how do the teachers – and you can talk about discovery here – how did mm-hmm. how are the teachers keeping these kids engaged? Okay, and I think you, you know exactly what you're saying. We got to keep them STEM engaged all the right. way through. They got to learn everything right. else. They got to know how to read before you can do STEM. Okay, they got to understand mm-hmm. math before you can do STEM. You know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But how do we keep them engaged? And how how do we keep the teachers keeping that interest alive? Go ahead, okay. I'll tell you. Yes, absolutely. Well, first thing is the difference between elementary and secondary where science education is concerned. In elementary, teachers learn to specialize in their children. And because they're learning to specialize in their children, they tend to focus a little bit more on the language arts aspect Mm -hmm. because you can't do anything else if you can't read. Uh, Whereas in, in secondary, Teachers focus on and they their focus in their training is on their content. So whereas when you get to sixth grade, you have teachers who actually focus on science instruction when they were in college. But now in elementary, in the upper grades, I know for, especially here in Port Arthur ISD, 
we are departmentalized in three through fifth grade. So those teachers that teach science only teach science or they teach science and math only. Cool. And so that way they can get extra professional development in the content area so we can teach best practices to teachers of what's the best practice for teaching science. For example, now that we're going to these new standards, we're looking at phenomenon-based instruction where the kids are provided a phenomenon that helps them anchor their prior knowledge. And so they anchor that prior knowledge so they have something to attach their working memory to as they learn the new content. And with that engagement piece, one of the ways that discovery education helps us with that is because it gives us an opportunity to pull that phenomenon out. And in the tech book, for example, the students are able to use their digital devices, and we are 100% one-to-one. Even our three-year-olds have a device. (laughs) So. We are 100% one-to-one. So, exactly. So, um, three-year-olds, I love it. Yeah, good. Right. With that tech book, the kids can actually read the the actual, what would have been a textbook. They get the reading component. But instead of having stagnant um, pictures and graphs, they yeah. have digital media that can come to life. They can watch an actual video that helps them to understand it. If the students are struggling with the vocabulary, for example, they can actually click the vocabulary in the passage that they're reading, and it will show them a video explaining that particular academic language. Um, that's a benefit of having the tech book. Um, yeah, it really, likewise, a lot of layers to the onion, so to speak. Exactly, and and like I said, with with these students who are very technical, you know, there was a um, video on one of the social media platforms where they had a little kid that was about two years old, and he had never seen a a magazine before. And so he had the magazine, (laughs) and he kept trying to rub the magazine to make the picture change because he was thinking, like, uh, if he was on a digital device, you rub the picture and it goes to the next picture. Well, a magazine doesn't do that. A magazine doesn't do that. So the... The group of children that we have now, the benefit of having an actual reading program that allows them to see a video and not only see the video for that, but gives them other options that they can go to additional resources. They can do simulations. They can actually pull up other videos that are in the discovery platform that reinforce their learning. Um, when I was a classroom teacher, one of my biggest concerns was, you know, we have mixed groups of kids. You know, some of the kids might be struggling, some might be advanced. Exactly. Well, those advanced kids, they finish faster. So they're always like, teacher, I'm done. So what do you do with that? Well, with this, when they're done, they already have something that they can move forward that is still related to the content. Um, another thing with that Discovery has that couples with that tech book is the mystery science. And yeah, what my is teachers, that? Well, I saw that written up. What is that? Yes, my teachers love mystery science because it gives them a like um, sort of like a CSI kind of feel where the kids are investigating the science phenomenon. <laughs> I love it. Right. Um, and it tells them it gives the kids a. It's like they have a a question or a task that they have to discover, and they're doing the investigation. Um, and and I love that. And see, because even that for me as a science teacher, I always did a CSI lab activity yeah. for safety, where I set up a crime scene with the with the caution tape and everything, and the children had to solve the crime by making observations. <laughs> and so, mystery science sort of does that for us because it provides the teacher with the background information they need cool. to set it up. 
and the kids love it. The kids love it. And, you know, of course, we want them doing hands-on science, and that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, of course. You know, you know, you used the word a couple of times, and I was reading up here at Discovery Education. They have they have a site. You can't tell everybody this, although this is particularly for Texas. DiscoveryEducation.com slash Texas slash science, because you were saying that Texas science is a bit different from some of the other states. And it, it said the word, mm-hmm. a brand-new core curriculum includes, and you, you use this word, real-world Phenomena-driven yes. lessons. And then you, you kept using the yes. word phenomena. When you use the word phenomena, like what? Does that mean like a volcano? What, is the, what does that mean, Well, the word phenomena? It would be, for example, um, like a lunar halo, for example. When you go outside and you see what looks like a rainbow around mm-hmm. the moon, Mm-hmm. We see it. We know that it's light that is reflecting and refer- refracting through ice around the moon, but children don't know that. They don't mm-hmm. know that you can have anything similar to a rainbow at nighttime. And so the phenomenon, if I were going to be talking about reflection and refraction, I might show the picture of a lunar halo and give the students an opportunity to discuss it. They'll talk with their table partners and talk about how does how do you think this may, this happened? And they'll draw on their prior knowledge about rainbows, about how a rainbow is formed. So the phenomenon would be the lunar halo, and then we would do research that would help them to explain the phenomenon by the end of the lesson. So anything that is happening could be a phenomenon. But then that that thank you for that. I, I didn't exactly know what that meant. I certainly know what a phenomena is, but I you know when I say mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. Okay, but the way yes. you just explained it, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, we, we used to teach science, okay, without all this technology. And now we teach it with all this technology, which is great. Okay, like you mm-hmm. said, they can actually bring it up and watch this stuff happen. I love the story of the kid trying to make the magazine picture go away. That's classic. Okay, mm-hmm. things have changed. And what do you see as a science educator do you see the kids as much – when they have the technology in their hand, did you see them much more engaged than they were before? I mean, before we had all this, it's we a, were engaged, but we had to look at the picture, so to speak. Now we can make the picture – we can make the volcano yeah. explode, okay? Um, yeah. Just talk about the difference in what you see in the engagement of the children. It's a different kind of engagement. Um, and the thing is, it's technology is good when the technology is used appropriately and in mm-hmm. moderation. We don't want to use technology just for the sake of saying, hey, we have technology. We want to use technology to enhance the learning that should take place. So if we, our kids are spending more time trying to learn how to use a program than they are actually learning the content, then that wow. technology might not be as supportive as it can be. So when I look at engagement for students, I'm not only looking at how many kids in the classroom have a device and are doing something on the device. I want to see that they're engaged in the content Mm -hmm. that's going to be able to demonstrate mastery in the long term Um, because it's not going to do them any good to know how to use, let's say, discovery education, which we all love, and I I know I do, to we can, just because they know how to use discovery education isn't going to help them keep a job. But right, if they are, point. if they understand forces and motions because they use the vehicle called discovery education, then they can apply that to a job when in their real world. Like for example, if they are washing cars, for example, and they apply too much force, they might cause damage. That's right. But that's something that they will learn 
through that that vehicle. So we want to, when we look at engagement, it's not just engagement with the technology, but engagement with the content. Um, one of the benefits also of discovery education is that it's not just science. I am That's trying, right. yes. However, yep. with the social studies, there's more information on discovery education for everything social studies that there possibly could be. Um, and we need to make sure that our kids are able to integrate content. So, for example, when I started earlier, I talked about Sputnik from 1957. I talked about the lunar landing, I think, in 1969. Um, but those are historical aspects that are also science content. That's exactly right. That's exactly and so, right. And, I, you know, I always say, because I taught social studies, and we, we kind of let social studies go by the wayside over the past number of years, mm-hmm. Okay, because of we, we focused on STEM, that colloquial we, that generic we. Right. We focused mm-hmm. on STEM. And that, there's something good to say about that, but we, we needed to look. We, we went too far over, and you said it like when you push something too far, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Because mm-hmm. science, we use science for society. If you don't understand, if you don't understand society – Okay, mm-hmm. and history, then you'll then then literally science can go wild. We have to put mm-hmm. it all into perspective. And you into you said that just beautifully a few minutes ago. I have one last question for you. We talk about how the kids are engaged with all the uh, digital resources you're giving, etc. What are you hearing from the teachers? Okay, about using all the digital resources. What do you hear from them? So the science My- teachers. The teachers, what I have noticed is that teachers who finish college at different time periods have yeah. different perspectives. Of course, uh, yeah. Um, because and it used to be that yeah. I would think that the, the baby boomers had one perception and then the millennials had one perception, but it's really not that. And my mother is the person who made me actually make the comparison because she finished school at a different time than her her age-level peers. And so – she said, well, I, you know, Tanya, I like to use technology. And then I thought about it. I say it's about when you went to school. So my teachers who finished school in the 1960s, they feel that they are the primary vehicle for mm-hmm. their instruction. So it was a little bit, it, it took them a little bit longer to take the technology and implement it the way that those teachers that are from the millennial population that finished school later did. Mm-hmm. And so – what happened, and although they were all using technologies, they accepted the technology, when COVID happened, it put it in a different perspective because then it became a necessity. And so since then, I see much more technology use in the classroom for all populations. Wow. Wow. And so that's, I think that's going to be wow. a lasting effect from that COVID, and I think it's going to be beneficial to us it is. In it the, is. on the Gulf Coast because we are often out of school because of hurricanes. Yeah. And this way we don't lose as much instructional time because now we can use that technology in different ways. That was well said, and that was beautifully said, as a matter of fact. Yeah, when, when, I, when I learned you were going to be on the show, my good friend over at Discovery, Steve Wakefield, said, you are going to, said to me, you're going to love LaTanya. And he was right. You're wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, really, you, you're, you're just so – you think things out so beautifully, and you say them so, so eloquently, I've got to tell you. you. Port Arthur is one lucky place. They got you. Okay? Thank you. They got yes, you. Sir. Good. Keep up the yes, good sir. work. All right? Thank all right. you, Latoya. All right. This was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you okay. for having me.
All right. Have a good day. My pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. Bye bye. Wow. What a wonderful lady, huh? That's Latonya C. Bernard. She's the don't steal her. Don't steal her other school districts. She's the curriculum supervisor for elementary science at Port Arthur ISD near Beaumont, Texas. A stone's throw from Louisiana. All right. What can I tell you? Interesting part of the world. All right. We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org. Please go check it out. Okay. Uh, All the stuff we do over there is free for you. All about equity, access, and learning. I'm Larry Jacobs, Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thank you, LaTanya. Thank you, Discovery. 